You're listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Travis Condon, the Chamber's Public Affairs Manager, and we're joined today by Mount Wachusett Community College President, Dr. James Vanderhoeven. Dr. Vanderhoeven, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for, for having me. Glad to have you on. Now, I saw some exciting news this morning in the Sentinel Enterprise about a new transfer agreement between the Mount and Quinsigamon Community College. Can you tell us about how this is going to work? Absolutely. I think that um, one of the things that, that we're really learning as we go through these, these few years of enormous change in higher education mm-hmm. is that partnerships that we develop, uh, not only between uh, different institutions of higher education, but also in the business community, are going to be really critical to our success and critical to providing students an opportunity to be successful. And so an articulation uh, agreement um, between, you know, Mount Wachusett Community College and Quinsigamon is a perfect opportunity for us to be focused on how we use our resources. Uh, mm-hmm. We can offer uh, certain uh, courses to students, and then they can complete at Quinsig, uh, or in this case, they can take courses at Quinsig that will then lead to a degree uh, from Mount Wachusett Community College. It's a win-win for for all of the institutions and for the region. How does it feel to now have students returning to campus in the coming weeks after last year was largely empty, apart from some labs and and some other small gatherings? Yeah, it, it's been a very interesting uh, couple of years in that regard. You know, nobody gets into our line of work uh, to not have that type of interaction with students. And it's been tough. I mean, it's been really difficult to go through now almost two years, essentially more than a year and a half uh, of those types of impacts. And while we are still going to have uh, a majority of what we do be remote for the fall semester. Um, we are having more and more back on campus and it has been fantastic to see uh, students, you know, back in the building, you know, walking the halls, looking for classrooms and, and those types of things. You know, when we, when we created the schedule for the fall, uh, we needed to do that back in March, you know, and, mm-hmm. and have it completed so that we could start enrolling students. And, you know, the the restrictions were very different back then, and so we had to make some judgment calls on where we thought things were going to go. And I I feel like we made the right decision to to stay actually about 70% remote. And that was because it was just the early days of the vaccine, and we didn't really know uh, what the coming months were going to be looking like. And as with most organizations and businesses, we had those few months in the summer where we thought things were really turned around. And now with uh, the Delta variant and, you know, uh, vaccine mandates and, and things along those lines, continued masking, all of those things, I feel better and better about the decision that, that we made. Um, in the interest of of student and employee and community safety. Now, when students do return to campus in the fall, the ones that are going to be coming back on campus, what do they need to know about the college's current mask and vaccination policies and how those are going to be enforced? 
Yeah, so it, we just like every community college, we we are continuing our indoor mask mandate, um, mm-hmm. regardless of vaccination status. Um, the only exceptions to that are when, like, I'm sitting in my office right now by myself. I don't. I'm not. You know, wearing a mask. If another individual comes in to meet with me, we will both be masked. Um, and in the classroom. We're trying to maintain some social distancing, um, but the mask uh, mandate continues. Um, employees, when they're in public areas, are unable to socially distance. They need to be masked. You know, and and I think that that's going to continue uh, through the the fall semester. Um, regarding the vaccines, um, at this point in time, we are strongly encouraging. Uh, everyone who can get vaccinated to get vaccinated. We have not uh, officially gone towards a vaccine mandate at this time. Um, Obviously, you know, things are are still on the table. It certainly helped to have Uh the full FDA approval uh, brought forward. So that, that is still something that, that we're looking at as a potential for the future. And when you look at potentials for the future, is this something that you think these policies are going to be continuously reevaluated with your colleagues over at the Massachusetts Association for Community Colleges kind of as the year progresses? Uh, every day, uh, Travis, every day. I think, you know, we're, we, we can't afford to say anything like this is going to be the absolute policy for the, for the rest of the year. You, you just can't do that because... Had I made a mask policy back in July, I would have likely really done away with some of the restrictions. And then Mm -hmm. within three weeks, we were already back to to where we were. So I keep all options open. um, And and as a a, as a leader, as a as a president of a community college with public health as a responsibility. Um, I do not make decisions uh, as a medical expert. I listen to the experts and I follow the guidance that, that I have uh, been given. And, and there will be no exceptions to that. You know, I, I'm, I'm not all of a sudden going to become a medical, I'm not going to become Dr. Fauci uh, today. Um, I have my job and I'm letting the experts do theirs. And you do a fantastic job over there. In fact, a lot of exciting things are happening over at the Mount. Earlier this summer, it was announced that the Mount is being awarded with $1.1 million in grant funds from the Adult and Community Learning Services Unit of the Mass Department of Elementary and Secondary Ed. How is this funding going to be used for students and for the campus? The, the interesting thing about that is if you go back to the year leading up to the start of the pandemic, Mm-hmm. And we had a very low unemployment rate in North Central Massachusetts, extremely low. But there are and were pockets of unemployment. And a lot of that was driven by educational attainment and opportunity to enter the workforce into fields that are in high demand. And so at that same time, we were seeing a decline in the number of our students coming into the college because the unemployment rate was so low. And mm-hmm. for community colleges, 
the unemployment rate is a real direct indicator on what our enrollments are going to look like more than any other sector of, of higher education. The result of the pandemic has hit uh, folks who have worked in the service industries so significantly and we need to make sure that we're creating programs for all ages and for all populations of, of North Central Massachusetts residents that they can then enter the, the workforce. So grants like what you mentioned give us the opportunity to, to design uh, very targeted uh, training programs, educational programs that lead to uh, an eventual, whether it's an associate degree or a bachelor's degree, or mm -hmm. workforce direct training certificate programs uh, that get people out into the workforce making some pretty con considerable money uh, at the entry level uh, that, that are really needed in our, in our region. And when we talk about putting those certificate programs together, can you tell us a little bit about the Mount's relationship with the region's employers and how that affects how the Mount tailors its offerings, especially uh, with the situation that we're going to be seeing in the coming months with the added unemployment benefits running out? Yeah, I think that if there's one thing in the last uh, four and a half years that, that I've been at, at the Mount, the, the one thing that I'm the most proud of is the relationships that we have forged with the local business community and listening actively to what their needs are so that we can be sure that we're meeting our mission. And as an example of that, um, there's the state workforce incentive uh, grants that, that businesses can apply for grants that they will use that money for uh, workforce training. Um, and they can really use it for bettering their business, providing greater opportunities for employment in the region. And four years ago, we had a grand total of zero dollars in implementing those grants and providing that training to local businesses. We are now at a point where every year for the last two years, including during the COVID years, we've been at well over half a million dollars worth of those, those training grants. And what that does is it gets our foot in the door with those businesses so that they better understand what we do and we better understand what they need to, to be able to provide it. One of the great partnership that we've had is with uh, AIS, a workforce training grant with them. We provided uh, some ESOL uh, courses for, for their employees and management training. And partnerships like that in our region go a long way because then those students may take a course with us, they may take a few classes with us, or they may continue on and actually get a full, you know, degree with us. Either way, they are providing a foundation in that business for, for greater success. And when we talk about kind of retooling and, and changing things in your discussions with those employers, do you see some pretty big changes coming as people reenter the workforce? Obviously, there are some industries that thrived during the pandemic. There are others where jobs went away and, and might not be coming back. Do you see the this coming period is kind of a period of transition for the college and for the community? Yeah, I, it's a complicated question, Travis, because it's, you, you don't want to go too far down the line of trying to create 
what you think that picture is going to look like three, mm-hmm. five years. What we really need to do is become better listeners to the business community and then create a relationship with those businesses that really shares responsibility with them to make sure mm-hmm. that we are providing what it is that they what what it is that they need you know and and this goes much deeper than just questions about you know workplace location are are we going to be you know working from home forever or are we going to be you know coming right back into the environment where you know where we were prior to to covid i think that it's changing commerce but it hasn't mm-hmm. it hasn't created new commerce it has created new and and faster change that was already kind of plugging along um it it will be interesting to see how uh the changes will impact instructional design uh meaning you know if 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 we offer a degree program that say a community college in Kansas doesn't offer well can we have that articulation agreement and that part that that relationship with that college to offer it through you know online those are things that are already and have already kind of been in the works mm-hmm. uh, and i just see those those speeding up and for those that do come to your campus one thing they will notice is that there's a new certification from the National Institute of Automotive Excellence for ASE certification for your automotive program. Can you tell us a little bit about this and the impact of the new facility that you have on Linus Elaine Avenue? Yeah, well, I got to tell you that that your question leads me first to say that this is exactly why we hire experts in the field to run these programs. Because I'll be honest with you, Travis, there are, there are several programs that we have here at the college that that once you've given me the the title that runs about the gamut of technical knowledge that I that I have it's amazing the the technologies that are involved now with the automotive technology program and the new uh, location that we have is extraordinary um, mm-hmm. it, it provides significant new space uh, to students um, and the faculty to to really ramp up what what we have to offer it also is a perfect example uh led to a an unexpected but fantastic relationship with quinsigamond again um where you know for the last year or so they were unable to go into their uh their automotive facility uh because it was a closed facility during covid and because we had just opened up this brand new facility, we were able to, to, to help them out in that regard. This is nationally renowned stuff that our automotive tech folks are, are doing. Um, and the location that we're in, uh, in Gardner, um, really provides the opportunity for growth. Uh, Eric Almeida is our, our department chair for that. He, uh, The way that he works with students and engages the students is is fantastic. And you mentioned having you know professionals and industry experts in the classroom. I think that's one of the really neat things about the mount is just how much you strive in in every program to have that kind of be the case. Is that more or less what you'll find in the classroom for those who've never attended a class at the mount? That when you're learning, you're learning from people that have kind of walked the walk. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's not that, that the research element of uh, like a higher education faculty calling is not important here Mm -hmm. because it is, but we, we have such a designated mission driven focus on teaching and learning and working with students to be able to get uh, that to the next level of their, their chosen career path. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, every once in a while and, and more often than you might even realize, I, I get emails forwarded to me or I'll get copied on an email that a student has sent to a faculty member about the life changing experience that they've had inside the classroom. And, uh, it, it, you know, sometimes I'll get those emails when I might be having a tough afternoon or, a, you know, a difficult morning and it just makes it all okay. You know, it, it, it's really kind of cool to, to see those, those communications. And can you tell us a little bit more about some of the other kind of bigger flagship programs? We mentioned the automotive program. I think nursing comes to mind for a lot of folks when they think of the mount as well. Absolutely. All of our medical, you know, healthcare related programs um, have a huge impact on the workforce in North central Massachusetts. The, uh, you know, uh, between, you know, Lemonster and, and uh, Haywood Healthcare mm-hmm. um, over in Athol, um, Fitchburg um, Dental, assisting dental uh, programs uh, really have direct workforce uh, implications. But I, I would expand that as well to talk about our, uh, like our, our social uh, social work programs, mental health are areas that I'm really looking to build upon mm-hmm. um, because I think um, I have, uh, I have uh, emphasized with people that, that the number 2037 is, is a really important number. And just off the top of your head, do you know what 2037 would represent? Travis in in uh, in my line of work I'm not sure <laughs> I don't want to say retirement it's not retirement not, is it no no it would be in my opinion mm-hmm. the first year that higher education would not be dealing with covid impacts wow because if you look at the impact on early childhood education mm-hmm. and first grade through eighth, high school, K-12 uh, education, and the impacts that this has had uh, on generations of, of kids in their preparation for careers and higher education, we need to be thinking about the mental health aspects that that Mm -hmm. our kids have experienced and that our adults have experienced for sure. And we need to look at this as the long game. This is not a question of how are we going to get through this fall semester? What I'm looking at is, are we making decisions that will set us up to help North Central Massachusetts be successful for the next 15 to 18 years. It's absolutely vital that we keep our eye on that long. Uh, it's tiring, but 
absolutely necessary. Now, during the podcast, we've been talking about a couple of different great accomplishments for the mountain in recent days, but you also had a new honor bestowed upon you as well, being appointed to the GFA Federal Credit Union's Supervisory Committee. Can you tell us a little bit about this appointment and your role? Well, it's a very exciting uh, opportunity for me. You know, the GFA uh, does a lot in the, the communities uh, where they reside, um, particularly here in Gardner. And um, I know it to be an organization that really cares about um, not just its members, but also the region as a whole. And when it was, you know, when I was invited to consider this, it, it really took me all of two seconds because I know the reputation of, of the credit union and the, the folks that, that are associated with it. Um, their role in the, the various chambers um, is, is really, really vital. And, and uh, so I've really just gotten my, my feet wet. Uh, I think I've attended two uh, two meetings so far, and I'm learning the ropes. But it's it's really a great uh, organization. I I recently attended the the ribbon cutting for their new uh, location. It's a it's an open you know model uh, and welcoming uh, environment, and uh, I'm really proud to to have been invited to uh, to join. And for listeners on this podcast right now that might be interested in taking classes, um, maybe they've been looking to make that career jump or um, it's something where they've lost a job during the pandemic and they're wondering, you know, I'm in this hole already. How can I afford to take classes to now better myself? Can you tell us a little bit about the financial aid and grant opportunities that are actually out there for students? Absolutely. You know, our, our degree programs are all Pell eligible, um, which is federal financial aid. Um, we also have a, a huge number of scholarships available through the, the Mount Wachusett Community College Foundation. Um, what I would do is I would highly recommend that, that listeners just reach out to have a conversation with us about what their goals are. And there are a hundred different paths to reach your goal. Whatever your goal is, there's more than one option. And in some cases, that might be, you know, going part-time. Um, it might be going super full-time for a shorter period of time. Um, but what I recommend to anyone is to to go to our, you know, the website, our, our mwcc.edu. Uh, it's very clear on how you can get started with uh, having that initial conversation. Um, we have uh, another kind of a flagship uh, program that, that we've been launching over the last few years, and it's called our College and Career Readiness um, Initiative. And what it does is it front loads career advising before the student begins their coursework. And that may sound really obvious, but if you think back to perhaps your experience in higher education, definitely my experience, the mm -hmm. first time I sat down with a career counselor where I went in and learned how to create a resume was in my last semester in college. And at that point, you've already taken your entire degree and, and you're just now starting to explore job and you know, pathways and things like that, it's backwards. You need to do that 
ahead of time, and it will save you money. It, it will limit the number of times that folks need to change their major because they've, you know, gone down the wrong road or gone down, you know, the, the age-old example, which is uh, a little far-fetched, it's that, you know, I'm in my second semester of nursing school, and I've taken all of the prerequisites, and I've done very well. I got admitted to this highly selective nursing program, and I found out in the second semester that I really don't like sticking people with needles. You know, that's the bad example, but mm-hmm. there are a hundred good examples of, of going down the wrong path. This is a great opportunity for students um, to explore their goals and to make sure that they get into a degree program that will reward them for the effort and the, the, the resources that they put into it. We've been chatting with Dr. James Vanderhoeven, president of Mount Wachusett Community College. He's been joining us on the inside at North Central Massachusetts podcast. Dr. Vanderhoeven, just want to thank you for your time today. Thank you very much, Travis. I appreciated the opportunity. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes on Podbean, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.